Good morning, good morning, happy Tuesday. Brendan Courtney here in for the next two weeks. I'm going to be in your ear at nine o'clock every morning. I hope you had a lovely weekend. It was a bit of a washout where I was, but uh, it was nice to have the extra day yesterday, wasn't it, to gather your thoughts and just think about things. And uh, I actually, my partner was away with the dog, so I was starfishing in the double bed all weekend. There is something about having the bed to yourself, isn't there? Um, Now, I must be the only person on the planet who hasn't seen Barbie the movie. And it's not because I don't want to see it. I really do want to see it. My two sisters went to see it with my 15-year-old niece. And one sister came out saying, you have to see it. It's a feminist manifesto. And the other sister came out saying, I have no idea what was going on in there. And Deb's listening this morning. So well done, Deb. (laughs) She said she had a little snooze during it. But this story up first uh, makes total sense that I couldn't get in to see it. Barbie joins the $1 billion club in record-breaking run for director Greta Gerwig. Uh, Gerwig should be feeling uh, closer to fine these days. That's going to feature again in just a minute, that song. Uh, with just three year, three weeks in theatres, Barbie is set to sail past one million US dollars uh, in global ticket sales, uh, breaking a record for female directors that was previously held by sidebar Patty Jenkins, who helmed Wonder Woman. I, I was surprised at that. Uh, the Margot Robbie-led film uh, uh, and produced film has been comfortably seated in first place for three weeks. Now, interesting, and from an Irish perspective, Omniplex Cinema Group has said that that it broke its two-week admission record, welcoming over 570,000 people across its 37 cinema locations in Ireland uh, during the opening 14 days of Barbie. Isn't that incredible? Well, fair play. So that's uh, she is the first female director to direct on her own to hit that $1 billion club. I mean, it's just hard to get your head around how much money that is, isn't it? Fair play. So I'll definitely have to go and see it so I can have a... A well-formed opinion. Is it, a, is it a feminist manifesto or is it just all pink and silly? But I'm, I will report back. Staying with cinema, uh, sadly, the director of The Exorcist, William Friedkin, has passed away, aged 87. His widow, Sherry Lansing, told the BBC, through tears, he had a wonderful life. He was almost 88 and he had a new movie coming out. Uh, it really got us thinking about those old films. William Friedkin won five Oscars for French Connection two years in, uh, before he made The Exorcist. So 1971, The French Connection uh, came out with Gene Hackman. He won Best Actor. And so Friedman then went on to do very controversial The Exorcist. Remember, it was banned in Ireland. I remember that came out, it came to the video shops, the local video shops, and we would literally pile over trying to get our hands on it. And I actually still am scared of that film. I must have been about, I think... 11 or 12 when we saw The Exorcist uh, and it was next level horror wasn't it because it was I think it was based in kind of our own belief system that it could be kind of real and you know we'd hear don't mess with the occult my mother used to shout we didn't know what the occult was we thought it was next door neighbour's dog but we'd also get The Exorcist then we got into horror film from that it was like a it was like an avenue into darkness we, we would rent Friday the 13th on loop constantly uh, I think somebody got a copy and kept it. And then my friend, uh, who shall remain nameless, she won't thank me, <laughs> got really into the, the Lost Boys. Remember the Lost Boys, the vampire film? Absolutely brilliant film. Still, that was on, actually, I think at Christmas last year. And I, I, it was brilliant. Still stands up. 
the outsiders then and a friend of ours actually nicked it from the video show. Well, she tried to keep it overnight and then it just disappeared. But The Outsiders was actually a Francis Ford Coppola film. That's why it was such a big cast. Uh, Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, Ralph Matteo, Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, all uh, sort of er, late teens, early 20s in The Outsiders. But the star of it was C. Thomas Howell, who kind of disappeared. Uh, do you remember going to the video shop? What was your biggest picks? Um, and the, the, all the popular ones would be signed out and you'd have to go in the book. Do you remember it's <laughs> just crazy. I might rewatch The Exorcist tonight, you know, just to fill the day in. Um, and speaking of, of nicking things you weren't supposed to, I absolutely love this story. And this got me thinking about my own childhood. In a heart-melting letter, a little boy in Cork is fessed up to stealing a marble. <laughs> uh, it's the cutest thing. He wrote a letter to Pinocchio's toy shop, Paul Street in Cork. And I have a copy of the actual letter here. I don't know, oh, I don't know how old he is, doesn't say. Dear owner of Pinocchio's Toy Shop, and it's in Little Boy's writing, it's very cute. I have stolen an item from your shop. I swear it will never happen <laughs> again. Something like that will never happen again. My sincere apologies, Oliver. And he had sellotaped the uh, ill-gotten gain marble <laughs> to the inside of the letter. It, it's, I'm sorry, that is just the cutest thing ever. I uh, was reminded <laughs> then of my own childhood thievery. When I was about 11, and actually, you won't believe this, it was the day before my confo, for my confirmation. I don't know what came over me. I stole a Lego ambulance from the local news agents. I just put it in my pocket, went home. And uh, I, I actually remember vividly unpacking it and having sort of palpitations and feeling unwell. And it was guilt. So I unpacked it, made up this tiny little ambulance and I couldn't control the guilt. And you remember when you were a kid, you'd go down and you go, I have something to tell you. Oh. And I told my mum, I, I, I put this in my pocket, I said. I didn't say stole, which I had done. It was nothing but a common thief. She, she went, what? Where did you get it from? I said, I got it from Jim's across the road, which is still there, actually. And uh, so I was marched over by the ear across the road and told I couldn't make my confirmation. That was it. She, and she had the suit, my confirmation suit. and said, now you'll burst into flames. Going to that church, you, you can't make a confirmation. So I actually had to write a letter of apology and she marched me over to the shop and I had to, in front of the, all the staff, hand back the uh, stolen piece of Lego. Uh, but the guilt did leave. That was a good thing. I, I kind of fessed up my crime and I felt relieved. And I was mentioning upstairs, like, is that kind of going to get you cancelled for nicking Lego? And there was, every kid put something in their pocket that they probably shouldn't. It's... Uh, Tara upstairs once was sent in to get a, a pack of crackers for a 10p and she came out with the 10p and the crackers. <laughs> Makes her a little bit crackers. <laughs> um, I had a great weekend, as I said, uh, and I was in out of the rain because I was a judge at the Gaze Film Festival, G-A-Z-E Film Festival, that is a, a pun and a play on words, obviously, because it is an LGBTQI film festival. And I was uh, had the great privilege of being invited to be a judge. So I had to go and watch, I think I watched four films and a documentary on Saturday. I watched a film on Friday. I watched five on Sunday and I watched like 25 short films. But excitingly, uh, and I mentioned this last week, um, I was in a documentary. I got a, how it all came about was we were asked would we come and watch a documentary called The George about Ireland's probably most famous uh, a gay bar. And it was made in 2002 and myself and Rory O'Neill and Veda and Sherry Bar are all in it. We're all very good friends still. Uh, made in 2002. We started a WhatsApp group about two weeks ago. Not one of us had an iota of what was in that documentary. So we were, to say the least, a bit nervous 
going to see it. Um, it was all fine. I brought my Auntie Colette and her partner Ella, um, Ella and uh, nothing too shocking. But I'm interviewed in this documentary and a young baby face me sitting there spouting on about gay rights and uh, I don't remember anything about it. But it was a, it was it was a really nice trip down memory lane. Our, Dublin looked kind of baldy, will I say. There's lots of shots the street. It looks like, you know, the house before the tree grew in or before the foliage grew in. It looks it actually it's only two thousand and two, but it did look sparser. And definitely there's crowd shots of Dublin and it's really not nearly as diverse and interesting looking as it is now. It, it it's just all a bit plainer. So it was quite interesting to see. But my standout documentary of the weekend was uh, a really, I suppose, high budget, well made documentary um, called It's Only Life After All, which is a really famous line from a band, the Indigo Girls. Now, I know the song, obviously. Everybody knows the song. In fact, the song features in Barbie the movie. See the way we tie that in? Um, and this documentary, these women are in their 60s now. They were two uh, out women in a band called the Indigo Girls. They are folk rock and it's just brilliant. They're activists, they're really funny, they're giddy, they're still like teenagers. Um, it's really enchanting. But what's really clear from the documentary and and a post that they did recently is that they were massive Sinead O'Connor fans. In fact, uh, they posted recently in, in on Instagram, Sinead was a pure of heart, a pioneer spirit and someone who challenged all of us to think about ours and others' humanity. We will never forget her band's legendary and transformative shows at Lilith Fair. We ended up sharing music and many of them and to this day count her and her band as the catalyst that shook us to our core, stretched our boundaries and eventually became a musical compass for us all. And when you're watching the documentary, and I really would recommend it, The Indigo Girls, uh, it's only life after all. Uh, you, you really are struck by the influence that these women had on each other. I think they are slightly older than Sinead was. And can you believe it's two weeks now since we heard the news? And if you are, and we know what's happening this morning, Morning Ireland, the news have detailed everything that's going to happen in Bray. And you may be on your way to Bray to pay your respects. Or if you can't make it, just to let you know, you can watch the live coverage on the RT News app and RT News channel. And, you know, we'll all take a moment to remember Sinead. So let's take the Indigo Girls' most famous song uh, in memory of Sinead. Isn't that just perfect? Some lovely texts in. As an English man with particularly strong Irish roots, Brendan, I can attest that nobody does death and funerals quite like the Irish. Dignified and respectful, but still a celebration. Sinead will be no exception. A suitable send off for Ireland's finest. Thank you so much for that. Morning, Brendan. I am heading to see Sinead this morning. I met Sinead half a dozen times and she had a massive influence on my life. Aidan from Galway, on my way to Bray. Thanks so much for letting us know, Aidan. And then I, I love this text. Thank you, Mary, for this. Brendan, can we just stop for one moment and give thanks for the most amazing news. We full, re full pay for victims of domestic abuse. This is just fantastic. As someone who's had a family member go through this, whenever we say leave, she said she couldn't, she has no money. Hopefully this is the beginning of great changes to come down the line. And how poignant 
it is announced on the day of Sinead O'Connor's funeral. She was passionate about women's rights. Thank you so much, Mary. OK, let's take a little break. Uh, truly inspiring, isn't it? Do one thing and do it well. Do it with passion and love what you do. I have to say, I really enjoyed talking to Sinead there and we've had a really overwhelming response to her, her idea. And she's given me some of the ton sticks. I'll be sucking them all day. <laughs> Thanks. See you tonight. She gave me a little wave there. Uh, oh, I just want to digest that. Sit down, get your journal out, have it, th- have it think about your big idea and, and uh, look up your local uh, enterprise office. And, and while you do that, let's take a bit of Irish music from Sule, Elaine May and Circa Richardson. The track is Butterflies. You're driving through the summer, we've got all the windows down. I said this is my favourite song, so we play it really loud. Butterflies every time. So high when you come by And I'm coming down Champagne drunk on your love Floating now Butterflies every time You come I'll around I'll run a with you, ride with you Book a flight and take a trip with you, trip with you Let's go to Brooklyn or to France with your friends with you Thanks so much and I will see you tomorrow morning.